0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Drucker's Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Saturday, just after 9 p.m. So come on out here and join me. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Trucker's Podcast. Let's start off with getting those thank yous out there to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics, our police and our fire departments. I thank you for doing the job that you do day in and day out. Thank you to my my guests and my listeners my followers i thank you for joining me here and taking the time out of your day to listen to the truckers podcast Now this, uh, just hot off the press, uh, this is from the Canadian press. Ontario confirms Canada's first two cases of the COVID-19 variant discovered in the United Kingdom. Now we all heard about this. So it is here in Canada. A variant of COVID-19 that has ravaged the UK is now in Canada, health officials said Saturday as they announced an Ontario couple had been diagnosed with a contagious new strain. The Province associate Chief Medical Officer of Health said in a news release that the strain of COVID-19 was identified in a couple from the Durham region just east of Toronto, who have no known travel history, exposure, or high risk contacts. The Durham Region Health Department has conducted case and contact investigation. Ontario's working in co- uh, collaboration with the federal counterparts at the Public Health Agency of Canada. So, the Ontario government noted that the discovery of the variant was not unexpected due to international travel, but these people have no travel history. And repeated calls for the federal government to increase testing at airports. But these people didn't travel anywhere. But regardless of whether federal support is forthcoming, the Ontario government is prepared to act on its own to implement an airport testing program. Canada's previously announced a travel ban on all flights arriving from the United Kingdom until January the 6th, 2021, in an effort to contain the variant. So obviously, before we had stopped all flights coming from the United Kingdom, you know, people coming in, Canadians coming in, You know, we need to do better testing on people who arrive from international flights. So just so you know that that variant of the COVID-19 is here in Canada. But today, this evening, I want to talk about the opiate the opiates in the trucking industry. So as I scroll down here whoops knock myself right out of knock myself right out of my favorites here. Let's see what happens here. Where did it go? Which one do I want to start off with first? that this is when we want to do this so now you know for, for prescription drugs um, opiates are in prescription drugs for painkillers, morphine, oxy, oxycontin, you know, for painkillers. So the concern for truck drivers, they may not think that this even exists in the trucking people who take um, painkillers. So many uh, professions have some potential health risks that come with the job. Long-haul truck driving is no exception. And it is demanding on the body and and can result in increased mental, physical, and emotional fatigue. I have never in my trucking career have um, had any mental or physical or emotional fatigue or had any injury um, due to trucking. These conditions can arise from sitting behind the wheel for extended hours, continuous vibrations when driving, and lifting moving heavy objects very soon after a long drive in flatbed trucking alone some heavy items might include lifting or applying heavy uh, tarps um, waterlogged wood dunnage loads secur- uh, securement chains or even frozen chains and these could cause a driver to develop chronic pain in their knees lower back shoulders and neck In addition to routine exercise and stretching, the natural remedy is simply for the driver to take some time out of their schedule for extended rest and relaxation. But that means they would have to take time away from making money or possibly causing them to worry uh, of stress, you know, over their finances. And some opiate medications can provide up to 12 hours of pain relief. There are truck drivers that see this as an ideal answer to their pain issues with an added beneficial feeling of euphoria. Taking these prescription drugs thus continue to allow them to work, minimizing any time lost for sick days, however, when a driver's employer insists that he or she takes the time off needed to in order to properly deal with any pain. Now, as humans, we don't like pain. We get a backache, we get a neckache, we get a shoulder ache. You know, muscles and strains. And then we seek doctors for relief, for muscle relaxants, or just pain Many of the opiate medications discussed in this article are relatively easy to acquire both through legal prescriptions and illegal trade supplies. Seeing as opioid medications are in such common supply for truck drivers who travel across the country and into the United States, there may be increased temptations and opportunities to pick up these drugs along their route without thinking about how it negatively it affects their safety, and the eventual bad consequences of their actions. Uh, Welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I hope you're having uh, a a great weekend. So I'm just out here now this evening that I was going to do my morning show on uh, uh, opiates in, in the trucking industry, but got into other discussions and um, I'm holding this show tonight on the uh, uh, opiates in the trucking industry known as your painkillers, prescription drugs for our aches and pains that we get in our in our lives. Um, in the line um, with the, uh, C, the CSA and pro, uh, uh, pro, uh, anything that's prohibited from the federal motor carrier standards, um, it's their policy that no hired or contracted vehicle operate A truck may poses or use any drug or medication at any time whether controlled or not, and whether an active duty or, or off duty without the express approval from the safety department. Any driver found in violation of these policies, policies will be immediately suspended with pay, and depending on the outcome of our investigation could result in immediate dismissal from the companies they drive for, and the incidents involve the driver having possession of any illegal narcotic, contraband, this will be reported to the local police for further criminal investigation. So that means drivers, truck drivers cannot carry painkillers prescribed or not prescribed. See here in Canada, um, in order for Canadian truck drivers to cross into the United States, every hire, the driver must go for a drug test. Upon completing that uh, drug drug uh, drug test and having the results returned back to the company, that you are clear and that you are able to operate a commercial vehicle then you'll be hired, then your name goes into a pool, at which at any point in time, you can be contacted by your dispatcher that you have to go for a drug test. So, you know that, um, you know, we all, you know need relief from pain you know you can go get tylenol from the drugstore. you know tylenol threes or whatever the case may be you may need a prescription from the doctor for a more potent painkiller you know um which then i mean if you need something more potent and you need a prescription and you're a truck driver, and and for any company that operates heavy machinery, you know, this applies to them as well. That if you hurt that much, then you'll have to take time off of work. Here in Ontario, if it's required that you are to take uh, a recommended two weeks because of in, in, uh, injury on the job, and uh, prescriptions are filled by the doctors, and it re- and it requires a higher level of painkiller than here in Ontario. You can apply for sick benefits. Now, this one here, I think this one's, nope, that's not what I'm looking at here. I missed it. skipped it by one. So, we'll just go back into my favorite list here and uh, find it. So... I guess I'm like one of the, the, you know, lucky people out there, you know, during my 32, going on 33 years in the industry, in the trucking industry. um, You know, I don't, you know, never had to, you know, get painkillers, you know, for Or maybe injuries sustained on the job, you know, stuff like that. You know, Um, I've had, you know, where I've had, you know, to the point where, you know, I had to take a week off, you know, uh, but I didn't have to go for, you know, any sort of uh, prescription from the doctor when it comes to painkillers. Now, Opiates in the trucking industry, you know, sadly, the trucking industry is not immune to these addiction issues. In fact, the opiate um, epidemic becomes even more deadly when you consider the user may be a trucker sitting behind an 18-wheeler. For for professionals in the shipping and trucking world, there is not a bit of shock that opiates are a problem. For years, we have known that the working conditions of an average trucker are linked to alcohol and drug use. The long hours and isolated conditions lead to some to look for a way through long and grueling shifts. Now look. This happens to me. It's never happened to me, and I've spent a lot of years out there doing long haul trucking. A little more than half of my career has been long haul trucking. Yes, at times you know it gets you know lonely out there, and um, Unfortunately, this this happens to people, and the trucking industry is no exception. You know the the, the trucking lifestyle. Almost half of the nation's this is the this is um, the United States, according to the Department of Transport, uh, 2018. This is only two years. Almost half of the nation's truck drivers are over the age of 50. Of these drivers, a majority have been in the trucking industry most of their adult lives. That translates into many years of sitting in a vehicle, experiencing life differently. Compounding this lack of movement, is a lack of nutrition, food, and exercise that many truckers experience for days and weeks at a time. Now when it comes to nutrition in the trucking industry, <clears throat> we have choices. You know, and I've made these 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 food, these bad food choices. You know, because at the end of the day, I just want to get out of my truck, grab my bag, go get a shower, and grab something really quick. McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King. You know, because I didn't want to go into the Flying J restaurant and and sit there and, and wait to be waited on. You know, many truck drivers um, do this. One study found that there is a high prevalence of obesity, lack of nutrition and poor sleep schedules within the population of truck drivers. Years of sitting in one spot for hours could lead to arthritis, pain joints, back pain and circulation problems. Opiates are very commonly prescribed to relieve symptoms of these medical conditions. The combination of prescription opioids and operation of any motor vehicle can be catastrophic and sometimes deadly. You know, because these drugs relax you, they take the pain away and you're easier to fall asleep, and you certainly don't want to be working any type of vehicle or machinery. You know, then when it comes into drug testing, to, com- to combat these issues, the United States Department of Transportation, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, Uh, Became operational on on January 6, 2020. This electronic database contains information about commercial motor vehicle drivers, drug and alcohol program violations with these testings and reporting requirements of of our roads become safer and our drivers healthier. You know, we do for these long-haul truckers. We spend days, weeks away from home from our friends and family. We're behind the wheel on an average of 10 hours a day. That's, you know, including, you know, that's including, you know, we take our breaks. You know, but still putting in, you know, 10 hours of driving. And if you take, you know, a half hour here, uh, you know, maybe another half hour, you know, so there's an hour. So, you know, still just to get out of the truck. I mean, we all have to go to the restroom. We all got to do something. Right. So, but, you know, these hours, you know, to, to move the goods, to move the freight, you know, It's just not the truck rolling down the highway, it's the human being behind the wheel. And there was another one here. Scroll down to the bottom of this list. I did this one here. Maybe I just did do this one here. Yes, we just did that one there. I had three articles up here. I'm pretty sure I did. So it looks like. I must have um, I must have lost one here for whatever reasons. I don't know what happened here, but um, still, um, you know, people—not just truck drivers too. You know, what I mean, all walks of life. People get addicted to pink. you know, for whatever reason, you know, of course, of course, you know, humans, I mean, we don't like pain, you know, after, you know, the the painkiller wears off, you know, then we get that, that pain again, and then we're right back taking Another dose, you know, sometimes not the recommended dose. Um, if this one comes up, whoops, if this one comes up here. Oops. I have a little bit of spelling problems here. Hilarious. Now I know I had, I know I had that here. Oh, this is the one that I thought I had up. This one here was done on June the 7th, 2018. And this is the opiate crisis hits the trucking industry hard. Um, We have all heard about the opiate crisis in America. It has reached such an epidemic state at both federal and state agencies have, have pushed forward laws and regulations in an attempt to positively impact the epidemic. This is true in the trucking industry also, as the crisis has mushroomed into a national epidemic. Nice word to use, mushroom. Like the old magic mushrooms. The number of truck and bus drivers testing positive has skyrocketed also. Recent federal data shows that positive drug tests for those working in the safety-sensitive positions within the Department of Transportation, including truck and bus, Drivers has jumped by seventy seven percent since two thousand six. The silent problem: career truck drivers are very familiar with chronic pain. The work of the truck driver often leads to problems that include what we've talked about here: muscular nerve and joint pain. Uh, joint pain. Uh, sorry, joint pain often doctors have prescribing opioids to treat this pain to allow them to do their jobs. Unfortunately the ease of of, of obtaining these addictive medications have been a big reason for the um, overutilization in addiction to opioids therefore leading to this crisis. As well we all know federal regulations Uh, State that truck drivers are prohibited from driving while using um, opiates unless permitted by the doctor that prescribes them. It is used. It used to be that truck drivers were required to self-report. They're used to their safety departments, you know, or during the DOT physical examination. Oftentimes, however, they fall. They fail to do so because of the fear of not being able to obtain their medical. See when I do my medical every three years you know it's just not you know to see you know whether you're in good health you know you have to do that p-test and they run that p-test and it has to come back negative So it's better to own up than to discover it during your medical because, you know, I would not be recertified to drive a transport truck. And why the concern in the trucking industry? The concern with these medications whether they are legitimate taken or not relates to their side effects, some of these side effects will most likely not interfere with the safe operation of a commercial motor vehicle. Many, however, can significantly impair a driver. The most common side effects include the following constipation, nausea, dizziness, sedation, being tired itchy, vomiting, abdominal pain. You can see where some, if not most of the above, will impact the driver's ability to drive safe. This is why there are warnings on labels indicating that those taking these medications should not drive or use heavy machinery. This is often overcome with strict rec- recommendations from the the prescribing physician, such as take these only at night or prior to sleep, and off-duty when a driver will not be subject to the issues associated with these side effects. So wait till the end of your day, go have your shower, have your meal, and then you're resting because the law in the United States when it comes to the hours of service. It's 11 hours of driving, 10 hours off-duty, and you cannot work more than 14 hours. You cannot drive more than 70 hours in seven days. Here, In Canada, the rules are 13 hours of drive time, 10 hours off-duty and you cannot work more than 14 hours in one day and you cannot drive more than 70 hours in seven days. A new regulation and its effects. As of consequences to the uh, opiate crisis and the increased number of positive drug tests being seen within the trucking industry, the Federal Motor Carriers uh, Association proposed a new rule in January of 2017 that would add four opiates to its drug testing panel. This law went went into effect on January the 1st, 2018, Adding opiates to the panel was intended to eliminate the failures of self reporting and hopefully lead to a, a decrease in the uh, uh, opiate use by truck drivers and bus drivers. The new law made it two or more uh, significant changes. First, to replace the, the test for the MDEA or ecstasy with MDA, meth, both drugs are closely related to and have stimulating and uh, 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 hallucinogenic drug effect on the body. MDA stays in a person's systems longer, however, and causes more aggression. What are the new drug tests? Uh, What are the new drug tested? the four new substances that are mandated in a drug screening panel and that's include um, uh, these are some big words here hydro, uh, hydro code, uh, codon. Um, the uh the morphine um, the oxymorphones um, uh, the oxy the oxydone These are frequently prescribed painkillers. The DOT says that the new rule is designed to enhance safety, prevent um, opiate abuse, and combat the nation's growing opiate epidemic. Common brand names of these medications include, within the new drug panel include, but are not limited to. DeLua did. Um, Exegol, Lortab, Norco, Oxycontin, Persisacin, and so on. And also there are some valid concerns within the trucking industry. Even though the overall response to the expanded drug panel has been mostly positive, there are some very valid concerns. First and foremost, these medications are prescription medications and not street drugs. Truck drivers that take these medications often have legitimate reasons for taking these meds. It seems unfair that truck drivers that properly utilize legally prescribed medications in a safe way should be punished Fortunately, there is some lee- leeway in the, how they interpret it, you know, of, of the test results. Regardless, you know, the good drivers out there who are, are taking them properly versus the drivers that are abusing it. Either way, you know, you shouldn't be working until that problem is resolved of whatever pain or injury that you may have. What is thought is that if these drugs are in your system, even for legitimate reasons and used properly so that their side effects do not impair a driver, the driver will still test positive. This is not true, however, the MRO, the medical review officer that reviews the results will always look to see if a positive result is prescription related or not. If it relates to a legal prescription, they can log the result as a negative even when the driver is taking the opioid. There's a catch to this, however, that the MRO can utilize a five-day waiting period if they are concerned about safety. This will lead to the driver being prevented from operating a rig until they are off the medication, or it gives the MRO time to consult with the driver's physician and gather more information necessary to make the decision. They cannot challenge the physician, however, Even if they are concerned that the medication um, is overprescribed. Either way, it can involve time out of the cab. The final decision by the MRO is a very delicate balancing act that can affect both driver and the motor carrier. Now, to talk about. you know, steps to help reduce the chances of the MR, MRO will recommend your removal from duty by provide proof of your prescription such as the bottle label or a note from your, your treating provider make sure this information is properly provided to the collecting agent or uh, MRO when they call they will always attempt to contact the donor in the event of the positive results Prior to release the results, so always answer the phone if it rings. So they're going to be calling you if it's a, if it's a positive test. Obtain medical clearance from your from your treating provider for its use in the Pacific stipulations of use prior to any DOT physical. By doing so, you will eliminate delays in certification. Realize that all medical examiners understand that opiate use is prohibited by the federal motor uh, carrier unless it is prescribed and the side effects do not interfere with the safe operation of the commercial motor vehicle. If you do not bring this medical clearance in ahead of time, then uh, they'll have no options than to disqualify you. This will lead to the need to obtain this clearance anyway, and you'll be out of the cab for at least a few days. You know, lastly, and in closing, drivers need to look into into and consider alternative pain medication and treatment methods other than taking um, opiates. Do not attempt, however, to quit cold turkey. This can be dangerous and potentially life-threatening. Discuss this alternative pain management with your doctor. Look for alternatives that are that are not opiate medications. Look into physical medicines to see if there are alternatives that do not utilize medicine, but rather encourage exercise to manage you may even consider alternative therapies, such as acupuncture for pain management, no matter what you use, if it is managed, if it manages your pain. You'd be much better off, whether you simply consider the facts, you would be less likely to be away from driving or that you would just be healthier overall. So this is a crisis in the trucking industry. Unfortunate people, you know, they they become addicted to uh, opiates, painkillers. And it can cost them not only their job, but possibly their lives with somebody else's. And this is why it's so important to follow your, your your doctor's orders. Do not operate vehicles or heavy equipment while, while you're on painkillers. It's best just to stay home until you can get clearance again to come back to work. You know, driving a big rig you know, it's just a huge responsibility. You're sitting behind of an 18-wheeler weighing nearly up to 80,000 pounds. It takes anywhere from 7 to 10 seconds on a normal braking application to bring that rig to a stop. Not a car, not a small truck. It doesn't stop like that. Hopefully, on one of my episodes will get into when it comes to uh, braking and slowing that vehicle and bringing it to a stop. Um, how much distance that you need to do that. You know, I've been a trucker for, you know, going on 33 years. I guess I'm one of those lucky ones out there. You know, I can pat myself on the back. I can do whatever. But I am a professional. And I am a professional driver. I don't drive my own personal vehicle any differently than I do the big rig. You know, just because I jump into my car after work, it doesn't give me the right just to disobey the rules of the road. I don't separate the two vehicles. I drive my car. The same way I operate that transport truck in a safe, professional manner. So hopefully we'll get on to one of those topics in the coming days. You know, because, you know, we still, you know, this holiday season that is upon us. With Christmas behind us, New Year's Eve, just ahead of us. This COVID-19 still, excuse me, still carrying on. This new strain from the United Kingdom is actually also here in Canada. So that's why it's so important, you know, to follow the mandated rules out there by our healthcare professionals and our governments. They're not me they're not being mean to us. You know, this isn't some hoax made up crap. This is real. Take a look at the United States of America. Take a look at Russia. You take a look at other countries around the world, Italy, who all experience these high death tolls. With the United States leading the most cases in the entire world and the most deaths in the entire world due to COVID-19. New Year's Eve is no exception when it comes to gathering. Yes, we wanna put 2020 behind us. But as we're rolling into 2021, this virus is still gonna be here. Yes, vaccines are rolling out. But just think of the logistics of this. Our Prime Minister of Canada is saying that you know to have the majority of Canadians vaccinated that will take until next September potentially even longer but the mask wearing is not going to go away Social distancing is not gonna go away. Proper hygiene, san- sanitizing your hands, not go not gathering in large groups, all that's not gonna go away. Just because the vaccines are being rolled out. Or just because you've been vaccinated already. People traveled despite of this virus over the Christmas holidays. Hopefully, we don't see any increased cases from these travelers. And was it really necessary to travel? Was it really necessary to have a large family gathering? Here in Ontario, if uh, you weren't on my show this morning, all across Ontario, Canada, starting today, we are officially in a 28 day lockdown. Only essential services can open. I only hope that it's only 428 28 days, and not like the, the the four and a half months we spent in lockdown last spring. For those out there who think that um, New Year's Eve is a time to have guests in your household and party you could potentially inviting COVID-19 to your party, which we don't want to do that, especially with this new strain of this virus that is now here in Canada, right here in Ontario. So let's get this, you know, let's get through this together. It's gonna to take all of us to do it. We all have a responsibility um, being adults. We have the responsibility to act like an adult. We have the responsibility to help our children through this, to show our families that we are responsible, that we are responsible adults. Like I said time and time again on my podcast, children listen better than adults do. so let's take that initiative as adults and do what we're asked to be doing so we can just get over these holidays and move forward and and hopefully You know, at some point in time, you know, everything goes back to normal, but we all have to be patient. I get it. This has been tough on all of us. Whether you're single, you're married, you have families, Whether you've lost your job, it's been tough on everybody. And I feel for those families out there. But we still need to do our part and keep each other safe. So that we have plenty more Christmases to spend together in New Year's Eve, in Easter's, and Thanksgiving's, birthdays, weddings, family reunions. All the good things are ahead of us. We Need to do our part. So we'll bring this episode to a close. I thank you for taking the time out of your evening to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. You know, I just want to bring this, you know, um, this. Uh, uh, or be it crisis to, uh, you know, in the trucking industry, you know, to your attention. And that it does exist. And for people out there, not just in the trucking industry, but people out there who 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 use heavy uh, machinery and other types of machinery, that it's best not to use them. when when you're on this type of medication. And always consult with your doctor. Always. So I wanna get the thank yous out there to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in. And thank you to my listeners and my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a great evening, ladies and gentlemen. I will be back out tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for another episode of the Truckers Podcast. Take care and thank you.